In this episode of the Latino Business Report, I have a conversation with Erica Cruz, a Latina who defies norms and stereotypes with her fearless attitude. Erica chose to relinquish the seemingly perfect life she was leading to pursue her own desires, breaking away from societal expectations. Throughout my years of meeting and interviewing various individuals, Erica Cruz's story and journey stand out among the top. Erica, a rebel at heart, departed from a lucrative six-figure tech job to forge an unconventional path to success driven by her own passion and purpose. Each week, Erica aims to bring out the bold and empowered Latina in her audience by sharing her experiences and those of her friends, highlighting the challenges of overcoming self-doubt and familial expectations while leading with courage. As the daughter of Mexican immigrants, Erica worked tirelessly to validate her parents' sacrifice, striving to achieve the American dream. By the age of 25, she found herself working in the tech industry, earning a six-figure income and engaged to be married. However, despite these accomplishments, she was not content. This was not her American dream. Erica took a bold step by calling off the engagement, resigning from her tech job, and redirecting her focus on creating self-development content on social media. Emerging as a thought leader in this space, she founded her coaching business, Courage Driven Latina, and now generates income exceeding a million dollars a year. If somebody were to ask me to define chingona, my answer would be simple. I would just say, Erica Cruz. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host. And today we have with us Erica Cruz. Erica is somebody who I've actually been watching for a while now. I mean, not like in a stockish type way, but she is a, she has her own podcast. She has, um, she's definitely has a social media influence. And one of the things that impressed me about Erica most, and one of the reasons I have her on the show is that she is a Latina that is out there and is a doer. She's self-motivated. She's accomplished. She's successful. And she has conquered and overcome her fear of doing things and now teaches other people how to do it. Erica, how are you doing today? That was such a beautiful introduction. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to have this conversation and I'm excited to be on your show. You like the introduction? I, I just kind of made that up. As we, you know, That's you know we can talk it. We can talk after the show and I can give you a rate card and we can work it out. You know, work something out. <laughs> I love it. But Erica, seriously, um, thank you for being on the show. And for our listeners out there, thank you once again for listening in and our, uh, especially our community of followers. And if you're new to the podcast, um, I hope you enjoy the show. You can find our complete body of work on uh, latinobusinessreport.com. And um, we have all our episodes there and we encourage you to listen. And if you listen carefully, we also have some giveaways. So every now and then we'll give away some cool stuff. So keep listening. But anyway, Erica... You are also a podcast host, and that's why I first came across you. You um, host a podcast. Um, the name of it is what? It's what's the name of your podcast? It's Chingona Revolution. 
Chingona Revolution. I, I was almost embarrassed to say that. Chingona Revolution. <laughs> well, when I was younger, if I, if I said something like Chingona, my dad would have whooped my butt from here to next Thursday. Um, but that's one of the things, too. I mean, you're, you're out there, you're bold. And of course, the term Chingon, Chingona, it's being used and more. It's being used more and more in the everyday vernacular. Where back when, in my day, um, it was just not. You didn't say that unless you wanted to get into a fight. Exactly. So, um, and as I and as I write and as I look at your material, you're pretty bold in some of the stuff you do. And what I can tell, and one of the reasons I also um, will follow you and, and listen, is you're very comfortable in who you are. You're very comfortable in your own skin. And when I first saw one of your, either TikTok or Instagram, when you're giving advice or, or recommendations to people and you're sitting there putting on your makeup, I'm going, okay. I, when I came across, I go, is this a makeup tip or whatever? And no, you're, you're giving life tips, just putting on your makeup. You know, I'm going, okay, the woman is comfortable in who she is and she doesn't need, you know, all the makeup. And she, uh, you definitely resonate and, and um, other Latinas definitely respond to you. And I think that uh, that's one of the reasons you're successful. But hey, who am I? Um, so tell me, let's just, let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about your business before we go yes. into your business and how successful you've been with with creating an online business. Tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you go to school? And how did you get into this thing? Yes. Okay. Can I comment on the makeup thing? <laughs> yeah, comment on the makeup <laughs> thing. Let's 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 go no, ahead and get that out well, of the way. I'll, I'll comment on the podcast. It was an act of courage to name the podcast that because my mom is probably your generation and she thought I was just being extremely vulgar. And I think it's important to know who your audience is and who it is that you're speaking to. And the word chingona nowadays is used in a, as a replacement for the word badass. So the podcast is the badass revolution. But if you look at the okay. way that we've written the podcast name, revolution has the words L-O-V-E highlighted because revolution also has the word love in it if it's spelled backwards. So the whole point behind the podcast is how can we lead this badass revolution where we're, we are living our lives for us, not for others, not for what our family wants of us, but what for for what we want. But it's a revolution that's not violent. It's a love-based revolution. And it starts with loving yourself and choosing yourself. So that's the whole story behind the podcast name and why I ended up having the courage to name it that because I knew that the message was something much bigger. And now my mom is fine with it because I've had the podcast for, I mean, it's not like she's a listener of the podcast, right. but she's actually going to be the next guest that I have on the podcast. And I'm very excited about it. That, that one I want to listen yes, to. It yes. It will be in Spanish. So okay. some of my listeners okay. may not be able to, to understand, but so now the makeup, I actually, so I think sometimes people look for their purpose and I'm sure we'll get into this within the interview, but sometimes people are taking jobs and looking for their purpose and they feel like certain jobs along the way are a waste of time. So like if they've worked at Starbucks or they've worked at McDonald's and I think sometimes we fail to recognize that everything that we do, even if it feels a waste of time, serves a purpose in our purpose. It teaches us skills that are transferable. It teaches us more of what we like, more of what we don't like. And one of my jobs when I was in college was working at MAC Cosmetics doing makeup. And now, uh, as I do the advice on TikTok and on Instagram, the purpose behind doing the makeup is, well, one, it's actually a marketing strategy because people like to see 
the evolution, like they like to see the progress. So the fact that I start with no makeup and end with makeup, they continue watching because they're visually appealed by what's happening on the screen, but they're also listening to the advice I'm giving them. And the whole point behind that strategy was I wanted it to feel like a girlfriend and I are sitting in front of each other, getting ready to go to like a dinner or getting ready to go to brunch. And we're just talking about life. So that is where that, that concept came from. Okay. I I get it. I get it. Now I did catch it when you said earlier, uh, I'm probably in your mom's generation. That that wasn't a shot at my age, was it? Uh, No, 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 totally not. Uh, okay, don't read into it. All right. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, so um, you, we got that. Now, um, you're, you're both your parents are from Mexico, right? Yeah. I mean, you're your first your first generation. I am. Tell us a little bit about that growing up, first generation, where you went to school, and how you morphed or evolved into this into this uh, courageous and chingona Latina that gives advice to thousands of other Latinas to improve their lives. Yeah. So this was not. I was not this courageous person even five years ago. So uh, I grew up in California. I grew up in Northern California to two immigrant parents. To this day, my mom still cleans houses. My dad still does yard work. So very humble beginnings. Um, I am the only daughter. So I have an older brother. And I was always the more. Are you the baby? Are you the baby? Are you the youngest? I am the youngest by age, but I'm not the youngest when it comes to responsibilities. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. I'm also the daughter, right? So a lot of responsibility tends to fall on me and you know how moms are with, with their boys, but anywho, that's besides the point. And my brother was always really book smart. So my brother was the straight A student and I was the one who got straight C's. Like I barely passed and I grew up. Well, those, those those C's were for courageous, no? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so I grew up really believing that I was not intelligent and I hated school. But when I was in community college, I learned about mindset and I learned about how the person who starts off the smartest isn't always the one who ends up the smartest. And pretty much our abilities are not fixed. You the the grass is greener where you water it, essentially. So the things that you work towards, you're going to get better at. And did you learn that? Did you learn that from your dad? I learned that through a book. <laughs> that the, the grass, the grass is greener where you water. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> well, he, he said he was in the lawn care business, so I just figured maybe Dad passed down a little knowledge. But sorry yeah. to interrupt. Oh My, man, I'm going to have I'm to bad. share that with him. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that. I Because my parents didn't even think I was going to go to college. And at this point, my parents okay. have separated and we went through my, so my, I come from humble beginnings. My parents built uh, a life that was very comfortable. They invested in properties. They had real estate. When I was 12, they split up, lost everything. So we went from like, I went from having this abundant childhood to suddenly I have to work to survive. And I think that also geared me into a little bit of survival mode And I knew that I could use this big change in my life as a catalyst to push me forward or as an excuse to go do whatever I want and mess up in my life, essentially. And I chose to get ahead. And so that 
that big moment in my life when my parents separated, I really just kind of, I really tapped into my own independence. And that's where I think a lot of my drive comes from. And I go to community college. I learn about mindset. I end up applying to UC Berkeley. I got in. So I was like, I better go to this school. I go to that school. The first week that I'm there, I almost drop out because I had the most amount of imposter syndrome that I've ever had. I ca- I remember my mom called me. I was on my way to school and I was already crying and she, you know, moms just know. So she's like, mija, what's wrong? Like, ¿qué pasó? And I said, mom, somebody's going to get fired. And she was like, ¿de qué estás hablando? What is this? And I said, somebody's going to get fired because they let me into this school and I don't belong here. And they messed wow. up bad. And I Erica, was, let's, go ahead. You, let's do that. For, for those, for those uh, out there who may not be aware of the, the term imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. can you just explain that a little bit so we can give a little clarity to your story yes, here? Definitely. So imposter syndrome is the experience that one feels when they have evidence that they are successful, but they still doubt it. So they're feeling like, of an imposter or like a fraud and that feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing and somebody's going to find out. So it's really that feeling of somebody's okay. going to find out. It's nothing more than doubting yourself and your abilities. Got it. So you you had the grades, you got admitted to the university, but once you were there, you're going, what the heck am I doing here? I do not belong. Exactly. Okay. Well, I hope nobody got fired. I'm sure they made the right decision in letting you in. <laughs> nobody got fired. I did not end up okay. dropping out. And I wanted my last semester there, I got straight A's for the first time in my life. (laughs) The first time in my life. Never had I ever gotten straight A's. And it really just, I think that's why I'm so passionate about mindset. I I don't think I've ever made that connection. So a lot of what I end up doing now, I know you were asking me earlier what what it is that I do. So I graduated from Berkeley. I ended up working in the tech industry because I got recruited my last year, my senior year, I got recruited by a company named Oracle, a big tech company. And then I stayed in the tech industry for about eight years. But I always knew that I wanted to work with my community. And there's not a lot of Latinas in tech. I want to say we make up like not even 1% of, of that space. And I got really into diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that kind of kept me there for a little longer. But during the pandemic, I had already gone to yoga teacher training. I started a food blog and I was just trying, I, I mean, really like yoga, con- yoga teacher training. Yes. So were you thinking of changing careers and teaching yoga on the, on the side or what? I thought I was going to be the Latina yoga instructor. I thought I was going to be the person who was going to bring like yoga to the community to help us with mindfulness to help us heal our body. I mean, I was already thinking bad bunny playlists while we had, you know, like yoga flow, Vicente Fernandez playlist. I mean, I had it like all planned out. And then I got my yoga teacher training certification at the end of 2019. And at 2020, all of the yoga studios closed. So it was almost like the universe closed the door. Like, nope, this isn't your route. Take another one. And that's when I turned to social media because I was already creating content. And I went from creating food content to yoga content to then just giving life advice because that's what appealed the most to people. And I had already gone through this whole healing journey. I mean, I called off an engagement. I don't think I've mentioned this to you, but like the first act of courage was me calling off an engagement. And we could come back to that if you'd like. And I went whole, like deep into the hole of self-development and really like self-discovery. And 
through yoga is where I learned about mindfulness and I learned about meditation and I went that route. And that's kind of what projected me into the self-development world. And when I started creating content around that, especially when the world shut down and there was so much uncertainty, I remember I was creating content on TikTok and people laughed at me because this is when only the kids were on TikTok. But I went Mm -hmm. from no followers to 12,000 followers, 12,000 followers to 25,000 followers in one week. And then 40,000 wow. followers. And when I got to 40,000 followers, I said, I should. Was that organic? All that was or- organic All growth? organic. Wow. And I said, I should probably do something with these followers. And that's, and people were already asking me if I offered one-on-one coaching. And I Googled it. I was like, what is one-on-one coaching? I had no idea what this was. <laughs> and that's how my business started. And I realized, I, I started a, a, a group program called Purpose Driven Latina, because I realized that just how I felt when I was in tech, so many other Latinas felt this way. And the feeling Mm -hmm. was, I go to school, I get a job, maybe I get married, and I'm waiting for happiness on the other side, but I still feel unfulfilled. And this notion of my parents sacrificed so much to give me the opportunities that I have, I should just be grateful where I am, even though we didn't, we weren't happy with where we were. So what yeah. I realized was our but you parents- didn't se- you didn't you didn't settle. You didn't settle where a lot of people would. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like why would we uh, settle if my parents left their home country and everything they knew to clean houses and do yard work for me yeah. to go do something I'm not even happy with? Like no, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like if they did all of that, why would I not go fulfill my purpose, become the best version of myself and create something bigger than me to then also be able to give back to them? Okay. Do you feel that this is your purpose? I do. And I feel that a purpose is not a destination. Your purpose is a state of being. And I have to honor who I am every stage of the way because who my what my purpose was in, in 2020 is different than what it is now. And it's different than it what well it will be next year. Makes sense. As you said, every, things are constantly changing. Exactly. So... You, uh, curiosity at Berkeley, what did you get your degree in? I majored in media studies and ethnic studies, specifically Latino Hispanic studies. Okay. All right. And I'm just trying to figure out how that kind of translated into the tech world. I understand the media. So you entered the tech world, Oracle, some other companies, six figure jobs, Mm -hmm. and you quit that. Yes. What was that motivation just to go, yeah? I mean, Come on, girl. I mean, that, that, I mean, you're single, you're out there, you're successful, you've went through a community college, overcame imposter syndrome, you got your degree, you're in the high tech world, you're, 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 uh, you're a pioneer, a Latina pioneer in the tech industry, and you go, okay, I'm done with this, I quit, I'm gonna go start my own business. I know. Okay, since you mentioned I'm probably as old as your dad, I go, Mia, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Yeah, my mom was like, Estás loca? She really was so concerned because she was like, you're working this job that lets you work from home when people are losing their jobs during the pandemic. You are traveling the world. I mean, obviously during the pandemic, it stopped, but I was traveling away. I mean, I went to so many countries on the company's dime. I was leading relationships with clients that a 20-something-year-old would not be leading at a company like Google or these bigger companies. And it was simply because of my language abilities, because I spoke English and Spanish, sure. and because of my social abilities. 
and just my my people skills. So I ended up just in this position because I worked at a startup where I was making over six figures. I'm in my 20s. I'm traveling the world. I get to work from home. Like there's, they pay for my phone bill. I mean, it's just, it was great, right? Like best medical uh, insurance that I've ever had. And here my intuition is asking me to walk away from this. So my intuition is asking me to walk away from this. And then my mom, who like is my why, she's the reason behind all Mm -hmm. of this, is asking me if I'm crazy because she knows that she can rely on me if she needs. And now I'm walking away from a steady income, which means she also can't rely on me because she's getting ready for retirement. So there's a lot of factors at play. But I your mom, your your mom thought you were the smart one in the family, right? <laughs> she, she, she goes and pulls this this thing. Exactly. <sighs> so okay. a few things happened for me to be able to make this transition. Well, first and foremost, I was already making money from my business. It wasn't like I wasn't making any money. I want to say the first I had probably made around twenty or thirty thousand dollars. So it wasn't that's the like, courage. That the bit that's the courage driven Latina. That's yes. your business. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I had. So you had that. You had a little side gig going as you're still doing the six figure thing. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So that I had already validated that I could make money, um, which I think sometimes people misinterpret like, oh, follow your purpose, and they think, oh my gosh, I'm so unfulfilled in this job. Let me just go all in on like my passion. But you have, and like your your business has to make money, or else it's not a business. And I think sometimes, especially as Latinos, when we like don't want money to be the focus, I totally get that. Money should not be the focus, but we need money to survive. Money is nothing more than a tool. Money is going to help you pay your bills so that you can do what you love. So it's really important to simplify your business and make money as fast as possible and keep doing what's making you money, not changing directions. So when I started Courage Driven Latina, I kept going after just repeating the same program that I had already validated that worked. So there was that. I had already made money. The second thing was I moved back into my mom's house so that I didn't have to pay a $3,000 Silicon Valley rent, which is what I was paying. So I reduced my expenses. I had money saved up for what I thought was going to be purchasing a home. I said, what's more important, me being a homeowner or me starting this business? starting this business was more important to me because I was already working with Latinas. I was already seeing the transformation they were experiencing. And I just, I look at our purpose, like prescription glasses, only I could see through them. I couldn't hand you my prescription glasses and expect you to see what I see. So my goal is to, or everyone's goal, I think, is to make your vision a reality, not expect other people to see your vision. Because your vision's for you, it's not for other people. Okay. And then I think That's a good thing that helped me with making the jump was that it was the pandemic and we had healthy people passing away. And it really just became this wake up call of this is not, tomorrow is not promised. So you might as well go after what you want. And I think I had mentioned this to you when we had spoken before. I really had to ask myself the question, what's the worst thing that can happen? And the worst thing that could happen if I left tech and I started this business and I didn't make money was that I had to go back to tech. And if I did that, that would have been fine. But I then had the realization I'm in the worst possible situation right now because I'm already in tech. So I might as well go give it a try. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing to lose. Okay. There you go. There you go. Well, in a weird kind of way, that makes sense. 
I, I definitely uh, appreciate your different way of thinking. But yeah, it worked out. That's the important part is it worked out. It did. And if, even if so it how long- wouldn't have worked out, I don't think I would have regretted it because I would have learned so much with just starting this business. Even because I've had clients who leave their job, start a business, and then end up going back to a job, and then oh, yeah. don't regret it because you learn so much. Fa- failure is a hell of an educator, and it's, it's like exactly. Jr. You, you know, you failed at that, and I go, no, I didn't. I just learned a lot more. Exactly. That. So you started. So you you moved back home and you built literally a million dollar business out of your childhood room. I did. That is that is incredible. Um, so you got into the whole social media. So uh, the Courage Driven Latina is that your is that your registered name for the business? It is my DBA. So I DBA. Have- okay, because and I asked that because I I've noticed through your business model you have multiple streams. I mean, you have the Courage Driven Latina. Yes. You have the podcast. You have your coaching. So can you kind of explain your business model to us and, and how you set that up? Yes. So here's how I describe what I do because it can be very confusing for people. I do one thing. The one thing I do is I create good content, whether that's through my podcast or through Instagram or TikTok. And the reason that that's the one thing I do is because that is the one thing that brings in the different streams of income. So the first offer I have is coaching. And people can work with me through Courage Driven Latina, which is my signature program. And Courage Driven Latina is for Latinas who are looking to take action on a courage project. So anything that excites them, scares them, and makes the world a better place. A few examples are people have launched podcasts inside the program. People have started businesses inside the program. Others have negotiated their salary inside the program. So it's they just work towards something courageous and they learn the skill of courage. And but that, 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 courage, that, that courageous move is what they want, what they want in their life, not necessarily something you recommend or whatever. So, okay, I get it. Yes, so, so they pick it. What, what, what is your dream? What is your passion? What do you want to pursue? And you give them the tools and the support to make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the first stream of income, coaching. And then I also have okay. a mastermind that's meant for women entrepreneurs. It's called Magnetic Mastermind. Um, and that one is a newer offer that I just launched, but I didn't launch it until three years of Courage Driven Latina. So it took me that long to bring in a new offer. And I think new entrepreneurs want to do all the things when like simplicity is the way to go because you can improve it every single time you do it. So the other way that I make money besides coaching is through speaking engagements. So I will go speak at, and they all find me through social media as well. So whether mm-hmm. it is me going to a conference to speak or training the McDonald's management team. I did a training for the McDonald's management team in Southern California, all about mindset. I've spoken at a bunch of different uh, conferences. A lot of them are virtual right now. Some of them are in person. So speaking is the other way that I make money. And then the last way that I make money is through brand deals. So I will make ads and videos for companies like QuickBooks, TurboTax, um, some like Western union is somebody that I'm working with and they will hire me to make a video about just like how I'm using their services. And of course I always um, make sure that they're people that I'm actually using their services and I make videos for them that then they could either post on their channels or I post on my channels and then they use them as ads. So I essentially am making commercials for them. And it's the reason that companies want this is because 
they could go out and pay for a TV commercial, but now we're all spending time on our phones and they'd rather work with people who already have a following, who already have people who know, like, and trust them and create a more organic ad, essentially. Um, no, I actually understand. I mean, statistics will show that um, promoting products on podcasts is one of the most effective ways because yeah. the listener actually has to purposely stick their earbuds on, tune into your to your channel. Exactly. They know you, they've listened to you, and you influence them. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean. I'll I'll mention a product or do something on a podcast, and people will call me up later because, Jar, was is it really that good? Or are you just kind of trying to sell a product? I go, no, it's it's really good because. I have a kind of rule of thumb. I don't really promote a product on air uh, or on a podcast unless I've tried it, I've seen it, I've read the book, I I believe in it. If if I don't believe in it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Which reminds me, this is a good good time. We normally don't do this, but I have a feeling this podcast is gonna go a little bit longer. So we're gonna take a little break here for the listeners. If you wanted to stop this and finish uh, finish it up a little later, we're gonna take a break. But we'll be right back. Hey, Central Texas. Meet Alejandra de la Torre, your State Farm insurance professional with over 21 years of experience. Alejandra proudly covers Round Rock, Georgetown, Austin, Cedar Park, Maynard, Hutto, and Taylor. Alejandra and her bilingual team are here to find solutions for your insurance needs. They cover auto, home, life, and business insurance across the state of Texas. With a master's in business management and a mom's touch, Alejandra is all about securing what most matters to you. Protect what matters most with Alejandra de la Torre and State Farm Insurance. Call today for a more secure tomorrow. 512-244-3311. That's 512-244-3311. Tell her JR sent you. All right, we're back with part two with uh, Erica Cruz, the courage-driven Latina. Which you know, Erica, as I've been watching you, um, your TikToks, as I've been watching your your videos, listening to your podcast, um, there's sometimes at the end I just feel like I wish I was born a woman. I mean, <laughs> you give such great advice. Well, but- my advice is written from the perspective of a woman for women, but I think it's just human advice, right? Like, I don't think you have to be like that is. to resonate. No, with no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I, at night, sometimes I toss and turn because I, I'm listening to what you said and it's resonating in my head and I'm going, am I really a woman deep inside? Is that why I'm finally getting angry? But I don't think so. I don't think so. But which begs the question, do you do anything for men? Do you do give any advice or... You're just out there focusing on the Latina community. If men want to listen, that's great. If not, you're not going to go after that market. So the way that I think about this is when I'm giving advice, I think about a, like, let's say that I walk into a room that's full of people. Let's say there's 15 people there. If I just generally speak to all 15 people, and let's say that there are different genders, different ages, different backgrounds, the message I would probably give that room wouldn't really hit people in their heart, I don't think. It would be a little bit more watered down. It would be a little bit more generic. But now, like the way I think about the way that I create content is that I walk into a room and there are 15 people there, but one of them is Latina. And one of them it has experienced a lot of the cultural expectations and maybe like 
the beautiful things from our culture, but also the not so helpful things from our culture, like machismo and different things like that. And maybe they've been told that what their dreams, that what they dream isn't, isn't good enough or that they should just be realistic and they should just go become a doctor. So I think about that person and I speak to that person. But as I'm speaking to that person of those 15 people in the room, it's going to resonate with at least seven or eight or nine sure. and it's going to resonate deeply for them. So I think about my ideal client, which is essentially who Erica was five years ago. And I speak to that person, but it still resonates with so many people. So as for to answer your question about, do I do anything with men? I mean, when I'm speaking, I'm usually not just speaking to women. I'm usually speaking to corporations and I do, do have a fair share of men followers and people. Of, and I also have a fair share of men who listen to my podcast as well, because I get messages from them. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them. Okay. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. So once again, we're talking about your business model, different streams. So you have the Courage um, Driven Latina is your, your DBA. You have coaching. You do speaking engagements. You do the uh, the podcasting and creating uh, social media. You get sponsors for that. And you've all this combined, you've turned it into a million-dollar business, right? Million dollars plus? Yes. And most of this has come from coaching, followed by brand deals, followed by speaking. Okay, your speaking engagements, and, and I like what you said, people have found you on social media. Out of curiosity, and I hope I'm not prying too much, but I tend to do that, what, what would be an average cost for a speaking engagement for you at a, at a corporation or a university? Yeah, it starts at 5000 unless it's something okay. like a nonprofit or um, – I mean, there's there's also – see, this is why it's important to make money in your business for those people listening because then you can do the things you want at no cost. Right. Like mm -hmm. if you're not struggling to survive, then you can do things that like, for example, I'm a mentor for a community college and I have like students who I meet with. And of course that I don't charge for that because I, I want to give back to my community. But as far as like, let's say that McDonald's was like, hey, Erica, we need you to come back and like do another training for us. Like that would probably be like six or seven thousand dollars. Just because like of what it depends on, is it virtual? Is it in person? Do they require me to um, create worksheets or like anything that for, for people to take home? And sometimes people think about pricing of like, oh my goodness, how am I going to charge $5,000 for one hour? But you're not charging $5,000 for one hour. You're charging $5,000 for everything that you- For a lifetime of experience. Exactly. Everything that's gotten you to that place to where you can do- a presentation that's impactful in one hour, right? So like I, when I take things in, into consideration, I'm like, okay, how many coaching programs have I invested in to help me become the best coach, the best speaker? Um, my degree at Berkeley, right? All the books that I've read, all of the courses that I've taken, all the mentors that I've had, like these people are getting access to my brain and my intellectual property that it's taken me my entire life to build. No, makes sense. Makes sense. In fact, right before this podcast, I had a um, a friend of mine text me and say, "Hey, I need." And they have a very successful company down in South Texas. I says, "They said um, I need some staff and board of director training. Would you be interested in coming down and doing it?" And it just so happened this morning, I was thinking of I need to go back down to South Texas. So there you go. My trip is paid for already. There you go. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go down there. The universe. The universe is kind sometimes. It is. So Erica, as you have your as you have your your business, what what does the future look like? You said 
you know, you're completely different than you were five years ago. So as a business person, looking at your business model, the success that you've had, where do you see yourself in the next two to three years and then five years? Will you be no. doing the same thing or are you going to be changing things up? No, I don't think I'll be doing the same thing. I think that in two to five years, I would like to have written a book. I would also... Okay. I'm, I'm actually surprised you don't have one out already. <laughs> you know, it took me a year and a half to start my podcast. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. And it's, I, I believe it's just, I'm aware of how much time things require to do them correctly. And the moment that I launched my podcast, I've never missed a week of releasing a podcast. Like by the time we got around to it, and we also got to a lot of listens because I had already built my personal brand. So mm -hmm. with, with the book, I am constantly testing out my frameworks, my analogies, my intellectual property with my group program, Courage Driven Latina, so that when I write the book, all of that has been tested. And it's and then I'll have so many customer stories to talk about in the book and in my life as well. Um, it'll probably be a book about helping you tap into courage. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I look forward for that coming out and I'll probably be one of your first buyers on that book. But um, so you have you have the book and you're and you're moving forward. You say you're probably going to be doing something different. How do you how do you plan on evolving into the next level? Yeah. Uh, how do I plan to evolve to the next level? It's really prioritizing my me time because that is when okay. I really get to connect to my intuition when I really get to reflect on, I mean, my, my community is the guiding principle, right? I, I'm, everything I do is for my community and to help the community get ahead. So I see trends, right? Like I'll see what's kind of happening based on my clients. How, and how do you define your, how do you define your community? Who is your community? My community is everybody who wants to see individuals of color advance. So my community, okay. you don't even have to be Latina, right? Like if you're an ally right. or an advocate for equality and for, yeah, if you're, if you're an advocate for equality, like I consider you part of the, the community, you're invited to the carne asada. Okay. So, so technically I'm part of your community. Of course. That's what I, okay. yes. all right. <laughs> all right. I, I just wanted to get that definition because you, you put it out there and you know, you, you, your community and, that can mean so many different things to so many different people. I just want a clarification to help understand this. So as you're doing stuff for your community, you also said something that, that caught my attention is your personal brand. That is so important. Um, people are talking about branding, your personal brand. Uh, I, for one, really have an – I think I have an idea of what it is, but what is somebody's personal brand and how do they build it? That is a great question. Without charging me $5,000 right now. <laughs> so your personal brand is essentially your movement online, right? It's like, what do you stand okay. for? Um, and typically, so there's you as an individual, right? And we all have personal brands, whether we like it or not. But sometimes we're just not intentional with the way that we put ourselves out there because maybe we're just sharing one thing here or one thing there, but your personal brand is your presence, your digital presence and 
what it is that you stand for. And it's a place for you to be able to share what it is that you care about, the different things that you're involved in. Um, like my personal brand on Instagram, on TikTok, and even on LinkedIn is what has landed me so many speaking engagements because here's what happens behind, behind the scenes. Erica's over here talking about courage, about mindset, about how failure is actually a really good thing, about how to take action even when you're afraid. And then, you know, people are consuming my content and there's that now I become this thought leader. I become the person that they think about when they think about courage, when they think about Latinas, when they think about like public speakers. And then suddenly okay. their organization is looking for somebody to come and speak for Hispanic Heritage Month. And then people are like, I know who there's this girl who's been posting about this, this and that. I think she'd be perfect. I've never spoken to them in my life. My personal brand is what landed me that speaking engagement. My personal brand is also what has ensured that my clients trust me to invest thousands of dollars to work with me in my coaching programs. So your personal brand is what allows people to know, like, and trust you. And it also allows them to see what it is that you stand for. How do you build it? You build it by showing up. And that's really hard for a lot of people. It's really hard for us to show up because then we can get into perfectionism. We can really get into mm -hmm. like, oh, what are people going to think about me? And it becomes a very vulnerable thing. But the beauty of a personal brand is that when you share your story, share lessons, share something that you're passionate about, you're not just speaking to your the circle who's in the same networking room as you, now you're speaking to possibly the world, right? Like I have people who've messaged me right. that live in Europe that my my content is reaching them across the continent and to, to the another continent. And that's what is so beautiful about your personal brand. It's that you can post something one time and reach people globally. Oh, I mean, it's great. In fact, I mentioned it, um, I think one of my previous podcasts, consistently, I look at my analytics and I have a group of people who every week listen to me from Bangladesh. I don't know who they are, how they're doing. I encourage them. If you're listening right now, send me an email through my website. Contact me. I'm just kind of, kind of curious who is out there in Bangladesh constantly listening to this podcast. That's amazing. But um, it, it, it blows my mind. It really does. But when you said personal brand, you build it online. Can that personal brand translate to offline in, in, in the in the real world? You're talking about some basic, you know, ethics and consistency and, and, and focus. And you said something that, that, that caught my attention that since you started your podcast, how many podcast episodes do you have under your belt right now? A hundred and six. And you consistently put one out every week? Yes. And sometimes twice a week. Wow. I mean, that's impressive. That That is impressive. Because one of the things I try to knock one out once a week, but some, some something called life gets in the way every now and then, and it's it's difficult. But uh, I'm that that is impressive, Erica. It really is to be able to to have the um, the dedication to do that. And I think that's one of the things that that is uh, key to your success, and something that people need to know. If you're going to commit something, commit to it, do it, and be consistent. It may not pay off in the beginning. It may be a long haul, but if you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it eventually something's going to happen and the universe will smile on you or you'll hit that right, the right person will listen to it and it'll turn into that $5,000 speaking gig or that, that invitation. And you also said something about Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. You're probably, you're probably uh, kind of like me when it comes to Hispanic Heritage Month. I get all these invitations to speak, all these invitations to do stuff. And I remind them, you know what? 
I am Hispanic 11 other months out of the year. Exactly, uh, yeah. Why, why, why do we have to cram everything into this one month? But that's, that's another story we'll go into later. But um, yeah, don't get me started on it. But um, thank you. Thank you for sharing your, your information. We, we, we've covered a lot. There's a lot that I know that we, I mean, you are just a vast vessel of knowledge and information here that, that goes layers and layers. Is there anything you'd like to talk about or mention that, that we haven't? Yeah, I think the thing that I'll mention, and we you you just alluded to this as we talked about creating your personal brand and how that can translate to happen offline. And what I want to specifically refer to is community and just people who support you. So if you have a goal to do something, I mean, we talked about your vision being for you, not for others. And my mom, for example, didn't understand the vision of me creating this business when I was at a quote at a quote unquote, you know, successful job and had it all figured out. So she couldn't see the vision that I had because she wasn't in my shoes, but there was other people whom I had met on social media of all places. And I'm not saying you have to meet them on social media, but find your tribe. It's very important for you to find people who understand where you're going, who are already where you're at, where you want to go, or who just want to go with you. Because sometimes we look to our immediate circle, our family and friends to validate us, and they don't even know exactly how to validate us. And it's not because they don't love us. It's because they simply don't understand. So it's important for you to find people who are on the same path as you so you can whenever- And who get it. Who get it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now you brought up an interesting point and you said earlier that not only your mom didn't even listen to your podcast. No, I, I, I feel your pain. My mom, <laughs> Mijo, what is that again? And is it a radio station or how do I get it? I go, Never mind, mom. So, um, but that's one of the things um, we were talking about before the show is that you came into this evolution of, of personal growth a successful business, but you did not necessarily have the support of your parents and a lot of your friends around you. I mean, that can be difficult, especially in in, in the Latino community. I mean, yeah. if your if your friends aren't supporting you, your parents who you who you respect and admire and have worked so hard for you to be successful, if they're not supporting you, Erica, I imagine that was tough. Totally, yeah. And there was a lot of times I would have probably quit if it wasn't for being surrounded by other people who are also putting in the effort to do something similar, people who understood what, what I was going through. And I think what, as I think about what community is, I think community is the people who remind you of who you are when you've forgotten, because everybody's going to doubt themselves. It's so much easier for us to have a negative thought than a positive thought. And that's just because we're human. And that's how our brains were wired for survival. Because back in the day, if we were, were out living in tribes, and it was a big possibility that a lion could come out and eat us. We, our brains are negatively wired for survival. So it's much easier for us to think negative thoughts. So you are going to doubt yourself and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to have people around you who are going to remind you of who you are. And it's also important for you to remember why are you doing this? Like what's the bigger purpose behind it? Because if my goal, like, let's say I went into this business and I said, I want to make a million dollars in three years. And that was my North star. I'd probably be back in tech right now. That is not a deep enough reason to that. Like the, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. Wasn't going to get me through the hard times. Yeah. My, my community needs this because it saved my life is a much 
stronger why. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I am a believer and I've always, I tell people, um, money should be a byproduct of doing what you enjoy doing. Yes. Money should be a byproduct of doing what you enjoy doing. Find something that you're passionate about. Do it. Do it to the best that you can. And the money will follow. Yes. The money, the money will follow. That's the way, well, that's the way it's supposed to work at least. So Erica, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for being on the podcast and um, got one last question for you here. And if you have anything else you want to add, I want to give you that opportunity. What advice would you give to yourself five years ago? You're, you're, Erica Cruz, five years ago, if you could give yourself advice back then when things were, you were completely different, a different person, um, what would you say to yourself? I would say to her, take a breath. Nothing bad is happening. I know you feel like you're wasting your life right now doing something that feels unfulfilling, but you're actually learning so many skills that are going to be beneficial the moment that you start your business and you are not behind. You're going to start your business at the perfect time. It is going to be divine timing. And that little voice that you have inside of you, listen to it. She's right. But don't beat yourself up because you feel like you're behind. Now, what advice would you give to the people listening right now, especially those young Latinas? Well, they don't have to be young. The Latinas out there that are maybe in a in a rut, stuck with cultural stigma that 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 want to be they want to be everything they can. They just don't know how. Besides signing up for your course, I mean that's a given. <laughs> well, in in the podcast notes, we'll do a link to your website and other information. So if anybody listening wants to get in touch with Erica. Um, you can, and it's relatively easy. She has a great team. Um, you can reach out to her and it'll definitely respond. Yeah. What advice would you give? So for the people listening, the advice that I would give them is remember your power. I think a lot of times, specifically as Latinas, we are conditioned to people please and to make decisions based on what other people want of us. And we forget that we have a choice. We forget we have a choice on what actions we take, who we spend our time with, what we think about ourselves, and just remembering that you are the person that holds that power and people are going to treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. And if you have a little whisper telling you that you're meant for more, follow it. Follow it. Find your tribe and follow that little whisper because our intuition is not loud. It is very gentle. And if we are so distracted, worried about what other people think of us or what they want us to do, we won't listen to it. But it's important as well as you're following your dreams or following what you want to do. And if you can turn it into a business that you, that you apply systems to it, that you actually have a methodology on a pathway to that success and not just go with your gut feelings all the time, because sometimes they can be wrong. Would you agree or disagree with that? I believe that you can have both fall. So I use my intuition to make decisions and then I use systems to execute it. So I think they can go hand in hand. Okay. All right. I make, uh, I use my gut feeling to make decisions and I use systems to correct my bad decision, but that's okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it happens. It happens every now and then. Yeah. All right. One last question, one last question before we go. And I hope you're not uncomfortable with this, but you mentioned it earlier and it's just been sticking in the back of my mind, this whole interview. Whose heart did you break? 
<laughs> you said you called off an engagement. Whose heart did you break? I mean, geez. Yeah. The person's there's probably going, God, I had this girl. She broke up with me. She's not successful. She's bringing in a million. She gets $5,000 to show up and speak. I mean, you, you, someone could have been well taken care of. Not not that it's your job, but um, and if and if you don't want to answer that, that's fine because no, they're probably I, I following. Actually... They're probably following and listening to everything right now. Going, <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he is. But so I, you know, I had really just I call it like the checklist of success. So I had gone to college, I'd gotten a job, and the next thing was like get married. And I was just following everything I should do rather than listening to what I actually wanted to do. Got it. And I find myself in this relationship with somebody, a very good looking guy, also Latino. Um, my family loved him, extremely sweet, very, um, you know, I wish I could tell you this guy was a jerk and I left because he was a jerk, but that wasn't the case. And that's actually what made it so much harder. So he proposed while we were on a trip. And I did not know what to say. And I wasn't very good at listening to my intuition then. I wasn't very courageous then. I was very much in people pleasing. So I said yes. And about a month and a half after getting engaged, I couldn't anymore. Like my intuition wasn't letting me sleep at night. I was making pros and cons lists. I mean, I was just asking everybody for advice. Uh, okay. And then I realized, you know, would I want somebody to marry me if they were back and forth like this. And I'm like, no, of course not. And then I realized, well, like if I marry this guy, I'm not letting him be with somebody who actually wants to be with him. And that's not fair to him either. So one day on a sunny Sunday afternoon, we got back to my apartment from my mom's house where we had like had a, a, a lunch or a dinner and we get back home and I just broke. And he was like, what's wrong? And I said, I'm really sorry, but I can't do this. And I took Okay, did off. you did you did you give him one of those it's not you, it's me deals? I mean, I did seriously? <laughs> I did not. I took the ring off, I handed it to him. And I, he knew. Like he knew that I was already doubting it. Yeah. And he gave me a hug. And uh he walked out and I've never seen him. Well, again. Le- well at least you gave him the ring back. I that did right give him the ring be. back. Yes. Okay. And All right. It was very difficult because, again, he did nothing wrong. It was just not what I wanted. But he was ready to have kids. And I knew I wanted to start a business. We just wanted different things in life. And now, like, we have, like, some mutual friends. So now I know that he's, like, married, has a kid. And I'm sure he's extremely happy. And in the end, like, it was the best thing for everybody. Had I married him, we would have just... We wanted different things in life. And sometimes you meet great people that just aren't supposed to be in your life forever. And that's okay. And I think sometimes we just have such a hard time letting go. But that moment when I called off that engagement, it was the first time I said that was a defining moment. That was a yeah, that was a defining moment. Yes. I don't think I'd be a business owner if it wasn't for that. Like that was the first act of courage. An act of courage, you threw away, you know, traditions, cultural stuff, everything else that goes along with that. I mean, pressure from your friends, your parents, and everybody likes yeah, totally. each other. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. All right, Erica, let's wrap it up. Um, God, I can't believe we've, we've gone this long, but I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. Where can people find you? I don't have that list in front of me because it's just a plethora of locations <laughs> that Erica Cruz is all over the place. So give, give a little checklist, and yeah. I'll try to uh, include all these places in the um, – in the podcast notes. But okay. That, 
Okay. Perfect. Where can we find you? So I, it's actually pretty easy because it's the same name everywhere. So you can find me at the Erica and that's Erica with a K. So E-R-I-K-A Cruz. You can find me with that username on Instagram, on TikTok, on LinkedIn. Am I anywhere else? I think YouTube as well. We started putting the podcast on YouTube and that's also my website. So it's the ericacruz.com. And, um, there's also, I have a page for courage driven Latina on Instagram and on TikTok. So you can also follow the courage driven Latina page if you'd like, but, um, Instagram is where I spend most of my time. I'm usually on stories or I'll go live there or obviously my podcast, which is Chingona revolution podcast, where you can find it pretty much where all podcasts are found. And, um, if you like anything that was said during this interview resonated with people listening, I'd love to know. So send me a DM. Instagram is the best place to DM me. And yeah, I had such a good time. Thank you, JR. All right. Thank you. Once again, this is the Latino Business Report. My name is JR Gonzalez. I am your host. And for our complete library of um, interviews, you can go to latinobusinessreport.com. Send me an email, DM, do something. I'm out, uh, we're out there as well. We're not as popular as Erica, but you know, uh, we're, we're, we're trying. We're trying. But um, also, and keep in mind, um, for this holiday season, or if you're ever interested, I definitely have some Latino Business Report um, shirts and caps that we're more than happy to send you if uh, you'd like to go ahead and um, sport around one of the Latino Business Report shirts and go, this is who I listen to. Now, some people don't want to admit that they actually listen to it, and some people don't want people to know that they actually listen, but we do have our community listeners. Guys, thanks again. Till next time. And Erica, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. 